Hello, welcome to Serenity Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole White, and I'll be your host. This podcast is dedicated to helping you tap into your full potential of how you can heal and balance your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Together, let's explore inner self, connect with our strength, and manifest your true nature, one full of love, purpose, and passion. Welcome to episode 46, Purposeful Practice. Thank you, as always, for joining me, sharing your feedback, as well as sharing this podcast with others you think might also find these tools helpful. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you. The past few episodes, we've been starting to pull together tools from your wellness toolbox. As we've been increasing our awareness, it's also opened up more of the connection between our storytelling, language we use, and emotions that entangle. Even becoming more aware of how sometimes we're on autopilot there. We will have heard messages from others or picked up things in our journey through society, and then we change that voice into our own, using that as our lens of perception, even if it's not something that resonates with us and our truth. Purposeful practice is an intentional connection to our emotions with compassion, curiosity, and tools. With all the areas of understanding and connection we're building, there can still be challenges with emotion regulation and connecting. We can still step over our primary emotions, ignore or swallow our emotions, and have some emotions that climb really high on that emotional ladder. Identifying and trusting our emotions can still seem undesirable and even scary. Remembering that we just often weren't given the tools on how to identify, sit with our emotions, and work through them. And that being no judgment towards our caregivers, as they often were also not given the tools. We are just now starting to teach children the importance of emotional intelligence of compassion and understanding towards our emotion with non-judgment and teaching them how to sit with emotion, how to work through with tools. We as adults now, even if we were not given any tools, even if we did not have a family unit or system that created comfort in sitting with emotion, we now have the opportunity to make that change for ourselves. And as we do that, it will naturally also assist others around us in that change. And we might even be in a teaching role as a grandparent or a parent or a sibling or even a teacher in some capacity where we might have an added opportunity to teach these skills of emotion regulation and compassion with non-judgment. In addition to continuing to practice wellness tools related to mindfulness, that non-judgment towards ourself and emotion, compassion and empathy, impermanence, and some of those other areas that we have been working on, this purposeful practice of emotion is another training tool. When we want to get our physical body in shape, We might 
take up walking, hiking, yoga, go to the gym as a way to work out our muscles so they can gain strength, endurance, and more ease and readiness in movement. If we want our mind to be a little sharper, we might read some more, do crossword puzzles, or get into a creative flow with art or music. A purposeful practice of emotion is a mind-body-emotion training to gain more comfort, clarity, and trust with emotion to help us identify and have appreciation for all emotion and how they all have a purpose and meaning. This training tool is when we intentionally get ourselves into an emotion for practice. Bringing with us compassionate curiosity as well as tools to help with de-escalating and regrounding us. This works out the full body system. We mindfully connect with where our mind goes, the story and language we use, the rise and change of our physical body, where we hold the tension, how it impacts our breathing, and how this then further changes the mind and emotions. So we start to connect in a deeper level to this interchange between everything. And then we start to connect to de-escalating, bringing in tools to manage the emotion, to bring it down those rings of the ladder, releasing the tension in our physical body, changing the story and language through reframe, connecting with breath for grounding, and to connect back to the present moment and space. Because this is an intentional practice with purpose, we go into the experience feeling more in control and safer engaging with the emotion, with that curiosity and compassion. As we begin to work through this, and the feelings begin to increase, we also gain more empowerment Working through these experiences improves our trust in ourselves and our ability to emotionally regulate. It also strengthens the neural network pathways to broader areas of support. Not to get too much into the brain stuff, but oftentimes what research is showing is that these neural network pathways in the brain Oftentimes when we have high emotion response, there's more highway routes, if you would, from the amygdala, which is our emotion control center, and the frontal cortex, which holds you know, mindfulness and our ability to kind of process emotions in some other insightful ways. So there's a little pocket of stuff going on up there. And when we practice mindfulness, as well as many other different ways to ground ourselves and regulate emotion, it's changing the structure of those neural network pathways to open up different highway paths and to close down and put other ones under construction, if you would, so that 
it's helping us in our own brain have different communication pathways to assist us in this emotion regulation. Again, everything is all connected. So when we're practicing this as well, it's creating a mind muscle memory, which then allows for more readiness. It's starting to do more of that imprinting that we've talked about, but it's imprinting a different message, a different experience, and a different understanding. We can appreciate the nature of how our storytelling can really escalate emotions. We've been talking about it in many different ways related to emotion and things we tell ourselves and that illusionary mind. And now we're going to use that understanding as a tool for training. You know, we even understand like all that research that we've talked about in terms of the placebo effect, how strong the mind can be. So we see it in our storytelling, in our own personal experience. Maybe you've had a placebo effect experience or are familiar with some of the studies related to the placebo effect. So our mind is very powerful. With this purposeful practice, it's about bringing in things to help us in that tool and that understanding of how powerful the mind is and using it as an emotional regulation training ground, just like a gym. When you're doing this exercise, there are some things that are important to be mindful of prior to practicing. The first is about tools. You by no means have to listen to all my episodes. Uh, This is just free information I'm putting out there. But whether you get it through me and these episodes or another avenue, channel, books, maybe you're in therapy, wherever you get it, It is important to have some understanding and connection with tools for emotion regulation. You don't have to be an expert in them, but understanding and practicing some mindfulness, non-judgment, compassion, awareness, and impermanence. So having some grounding tools, understanding of how you can work through the mind in a different way of connecting in that reframe and really having that non-judgmental and compassionate stance towards yourself, your experience, and your emotions. Again, not having to be an expert in those things, but you do want to go into this experience with tools as you'll hear when we go through the different ideas or ways you might try to practice. Another thing is your environment. So wherever you choose to practice this exercise, you want to be in a comfortable place with some privacy, a space that might promote a sense of calm, and somewhere that you feel comfortable that you'll be able to express or experience emotion. You might also want things around you that help you with regrounding to your environment that you're in, such as a cozy blanket an essential oil, a candle, maybe your pet will be by you so you can use your animal as a therapy tool to reground and connect. Or if you have the opportunity, doing this out in nature is wonderful because nature is always an amazing grounding tool. So you want to have some tools, be mindful of your environment, and then have some things to reground. Sadness is the first example 
of ways that you can practice a connection to an emotion in this intentional practice. Sadness is an emotion that we can often avoid or fear. At times, we may feel unsure of what sadness feels like. We might have a certain judgment about sadness, thinking that means we're weak. Or we could fear that we're going to get stuck there. That we're going to lose a sense of connection, of movement, and motivation. When we get into a practice of connecting to sadness with intention, again, we're going in with an empowered purpose. Some ways to do this are you can think of a recent experience that you went through that created some sadness for you and bringing in that emotion. So you might spend one to two minutes getting your mind wrapped around the situation and what was there and happening feeling that emotion rise in your body, how your physical body begins to feel different, your breath might begin to change, and being mindfully aware of the story that is there when you're reconnecting to this experience. Giving yourself 10 to 15 minutes to sit through this. As you rise, sit with it with curious compassion, and then as you work on the de-escalation. If thinking of a recent event is maybe a little too high on the level, then you can also think of a song that brings in a feeling of sadness, or you can watch a movie that makes you cry, It's about connecting to this comfort with the emotion. And so maybe you start there where it's not even something personal to you, but allows you to first experience this emotion. With any of these that I'm going to talk about, you want to start at a low level. You don't want to jump in to the most sad thing you can think about. Give yourself some practice so that you can feel this understanding and appreciation for the emotion. And as you practice, then it will help you to have more readiness to work through the deeper elements of sadness. You can also think of different things going on around the world. We have incredible sadness happening in many different areas of the world right now. That also might be too heavy of a level to go to. So as you bring in whatever it is for you, you sit with it. Again, it might take one, two, three minutes to start to feel that elevation, connecting with it, the body, the breath, the mind, and then you start bringing in the tools for de-escalation. Connect to that physical body and release the tension stabilizing the breath and getting back into diaphragmic breathing. Noticing what story and language you were using and reframing, dissolving those unhelpful thinking styles and mindfully reconnecting back to the space you're in. 
Remembering you can tell yourself things like, where am I at in this moment? What's happening around me right now? So that you recognize the space you are in, in the current moment, is not sad. And this will take practice. So you might do this several times with the same exact topic. And that's okay. This is, again, about non-judgment. Reconnecting with ourselves with compassionate awareness so that we can have more readiness to work through, feel, experience, and have an understanding of our emotions, how they rise, how they fall, and how they are impermanent. Anxiety is another area that you can have a purposeful practice. Anxiety can often feel overwhelming and scary for people, especially if they get panic attacks. A purposeful practice would be intentionally sitting with a worry. If you remember or listened, I don't remember what episode, I'm sorry, but we talked through about the worry log. So this would kind of be similar in some ways to that. With that worry log, you collected some worries through your day and gave yourself a specific time to sit with that worry. So that was an example of an intentional practice. We would be doing the same thing. So you'd bring in a worry into your mind. Notice how the physical body and breathing begin to change. The stories and words and language that you're using in your mind. And then again, working on that de-escalation. You can use that five senses where you have five things I see, four things I hear, three things I feel, etc. Moving down the senses. You can choose 10 things. So 10 things in the room that are green, 10 trees I see in the picture in front of me as a way to reconnect and de-escalate that high rise in the body system and asking yourself those questions. What's happening in this moment? Recognizing that the space you are in is comfortable and safe. At times, I will encourage clients with social anxiety to practice a purposeful intention of anxiety at times to work through it. The social anxiety experiences of a purposeful practice. If you're one who feels anxious about talking with others, then you can start in a grocery store or you know, a shopping store of some sort. And you might just start with giving eye contact to people as you walk through the aisle. Then maybe you'll escalate to saying hello. You can have small talk with the person who's checking you out. I'm sure that they would love that. I mean, they're at a cash register all day. And people probably buzz through the line in their own mind frequently. So just having some light conversation with your cashier can be pleasant for both of you. Another example would be to return an item. Many times people can get into an anxious place about returning things. 
for several different reasons. So you would intentionally have yourself get something and return it. So these are just some ideas of ways that you can purposefully practice. And if you're doing some of those, then you might need five, 10 minutes, maybe even more to sit in your car afterwards to connect to de-escalation, the storytelling, the breath, and reminding yourself of the success that you just completed. You can also use those visual techniques that we talked about in terms of the ocean, being deep in the ocean, identifying that as the strongest emotion and slowly the ocean recedes and you're on the shoreline as your emotions come back down or that snowstorm, rainy experience, again, same technique, starting in a heavy storm and the storm subsides as your emotions begin to also settle. So ways to engage back after the escalation of the anxiety into the present space, using techniques of grounding, and even some visualization. Anger is another emotion that we can climb the emotional ladder rather quickly, and it can get out of control. We might have low frustration tolerance, passive-aggressive or aggressive tendencies in our connection. For this, you want to, again, set up all those areas. You want to have tools. You want to be mindful of where you're at in terms of comfort, environment, and regrounding. And then starting at a low-level situation. With this, you may sit and in your mind, bring up a recent conversation or experience where you recognized after the fact that you were quite emotionally fueled. So being in this relaxing, calm space, spending that few minutes to get yourself re-engaged with that story and the emotion, allowing you to mindfully be aware of what's going on in your physical body, in your breathing, the areas of tension that you're holding, and then starting to connect to that de-escalation, releasing that physical tension, connecting back to breath, and changing the script that's running, really pulling in those tools of empathy, non-judgment, acceptance, and dissolvement of expectation. Since you're doing this with a purposeful practice, with anger, it really lets us be more aware of that escalation and de-escalation in the body. Many times people who have difficulty controlling their anger will describe to me how it goes from zero to 100 that at times they feel like they black out. It happens so quickly. This allows you to see and identify really what's going on in the body. It slows it down a little bit so that you can connect with it, which then gives you more readiness in the future. This is something that often clients will practice at times related to conversations with family members. 
We can have some difficult family members. And that can create struggles in communication. So this would be a purposeful practice where it could be a conversation that has happened or maybe it is a conversation that has to happen. And even the thought of having the conversation, you could feel your blood pressure start to rise. Feelings of frustration, anger, and avoidance. Purposeful practice would be thinking about the experience that you're going to try to go through. Sitting with the emotions that rise as you think about potential outcomes. Working on the de-escalation so that you're practicing more of a readiness in the body system. And maybe you'll never have that conversation, but there is no harm in practicing and letting yourself really engage with de-escalating so you can trust that the high levels of anger don't actually have to get that high. With all of these areas, with this deeper connection and that trust that begins to create and connect for us with our emotion, we have that more readiness because we can see how it escalates, which then lets us connect in experiences of that escalation process so we can hit it at a lower level of the emotion. It's much easier to come down that emotional ladder when we're at the middle ground versus when we're on the top ring. Another emotion to consider is happiness. Sometimes people can feel they get into a very rigid nature of how they're living and perceiving life. I'll talk with others about when is the last time you laughed or were goofy and sometimes they have no idea. And sometimes they look at me quite strangely, like, really? That's something I should even be considering? Laughter, being goofy, remembering what it's like to just have joy run through you. And trusting that it's okay to do that. It doesn't mean life around you is going to crumble because you're not taking every moment so serious. And that's often the guard that is there around this for people that there's a bit of protection around letting down that guard and just being silly. Practice, purpose, intention with loving kindness and compassion. In this practice, we gain a better understanding and appreciation of all of our emotions, our ability to nurture them listen to them, and heal through them instead of abandoning ourselves and thinking things will just get solved or fixed or healed. All that language and pressure we put on ourselves to just be better, whatever that even means in our language. I hope that you find this helpful and something to consider being mindful that you want to have some tools before you go into this practice. I've talked before about how I contemplate what to put on these podcasts and what not to because it is quite different than when I'm in a session with someone and we have that relationship and back and forth and dialogue happening. 
And this is one that I wasn't really sure if I was going to put out, but I think it's so vitally important for us to give ourselves permission to sit with our emotion in a trusting and loving kind way. Remember that you are stronger than you think. Just because you didn't have the tools or understanding, that does not have to be your forever story. You can check us out online, Facebook, Instagram, our website, Serenity Wellness Center, or Serenity Wellness Tools to see what we have going on. We've got some great new stuff happening. So thank you again for listening, giving me your feedback, and sharing your time and space with me. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon.